Welcome to the suburbs with Andy and Greg. So a couple of episodes ago, we kind of skirted on the issue that my dad was from Acorn, Kentucky. My grandmother had this huge garden. There were these things that were eating her tomatoes, and she couldn't figure out what was eating the tomatoes. Was it a turtle? Was it an animal? And so my brother gets this idea to put a live trap in the garden Mm. and catch the culprit. So the next day we all get up and there's just so many different things to explore and and do. And so he goes out to check the trap and see if he was able to catch the culprit. And it was a skunk. Uh. He comes running back in. I caught a skunk. I want to shoot it. And my granddad is like, you are not killing that animal just because you caught it. You have to let the skunk go. Catch and release. He's like, but I don't want to be sprayed. And so he kind of clicks into Wimpy Tom, and it used to just drive me crazy. And my granddad, you know, would click into, like, the military guy that he used to be, and he's, I'm paying you to do it, not to teach you how to do it. (laughs) He would be so mad. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. May I have another? <laughs> I'm 13. I'm tarring your roof, and I've never done that before. I don't think you want leaks, so how do you want... Do it, or you're not getting paid. I'm like, okay. He was that way with Tom with the skunk. I know that we've got a picture. I need to find the picture and put it on our website. And he is wearing swimming goggles. <laughs> Big pinchers. No, No, I can't remember what it was that he used to open the trap door, but he is like wrapped in trash bags, duct taped together. Lord. And then he had a burlap bag. My brother is just like freaked out about getting sprayed by the skunk. So my granddad is standing far enough away to not be sprayed by the skunk. And my brother is like directly in the line of fire crying <laughs> because he doesn't want to do it. And and so there's this battle going. I'm just standing there with my arms crossed enjoying the entire thing. <laughs> I'm glad you're not part of it. Yes, it's you're just casual observer. It's right. It's it's theater for a Sunday <laughs> yeah. afternoon. This is entertainment in Acorn, Kentucky. <laughs> right. You know, the more my granddad yells at him, the more he cries, and the skunk is just still sitting there gearing up. For the big spray. Gearing up for the big spray, yes. This time, my dad took us down there. So, my dad's car is in the driveway, and it's close enough. You know, it's not close, but it's close. Right. And <laughs> so, he's finally, I want to just shoot you doing it. And finally, you know, he, he's, he knows that he's going to have to be the guy that takes it out of the trap and is so emotional about it isn't paying attention to what he's doing and totally gets hosed by the skunk i mean just like sprayed down as Full sprayed on. as you could be and the plastic trash bags did not help no uh, there's nothing stopping that <laughs> the swimming goggles did not do it. <laughs> it's more of a visual it was like a kid who wanted to be a superhero for halloween <laughs> but he didn't put the cape on he like wrapped himself in trash bags instead so i don't know what that would have been i don't know maybe captain garbage bag the trash crusader <laughs> And my grandmother canned everything, so she had all of these jars of tomatoes, 
and they initially were bathing him out in the yard because he smelled too bad to even bring him into the house to like do phase two or three. So they were giving him a bath, and it was so concentrated and so bad that my dad's car smelled like skunk. Like you couldn't, and it was sealed, but inside the car. Not really? <laughs> no, not, en- not enough. It permeates everything. It does, and it it permeated him. Let me tell you, <laughs> every pore of his body was smelling like skunk. And my grandmother just was like, she's so nurturing that they had one of those big metal wash tubs. Sure, I can visualize that. Tommy, get in the tub. <laughs> That's right. And how old is he at this time? <laughs> oh gosh, he was in elementary school. Oh, so he's little. Easier to wash than a teenager. Yeah, yeah. PTSD. Oh, my gosh. He had it, I'm sure. And it was just gleeful to watch that whole thing happen. (laughs) He's going down. My grandmother was raised by a sharecropper. They had 16 brothers and sisters. 15. She was the 16th. And they all slept in the same bedroom. And so she knew how nature could provide. She had chickens, and she named them. And so Homer and Whitey were the roosters. And so we got old enough where we could have BB guns. My granddad wanted to give us one. My brother got one, and I got one for Christmas. And so we're down there, and we immediately want to use them. Well, sure. You can't shoot at any windows. You can't shoot at cars. Animals. Yeah. My brother's first shot shoots out the security light in the (laughs) farmyard. First shot. That wasn't on the list, was it? (laughs) You didn't say I couldn't shoot out the security light. He aims at it, it goes dark. (laughs) You said cars, (laughs) windows. Yep. He didn't even have it for an hour, and it was taken away. So now you have two guns. (laughs) Look at me. I got two guns. We would use it and go to the chicken yard to go look for eggs, and you're like, cover me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going in. I'm going in. Cover me. Lay down some ground fire. You can't shoot my chickens with the BB guns. Like, okay. <laughs> they would attack her, too. Oh, really? Yeah. It didn't matter they who were it was. indiscriminate. Feed me, don't feed me, I'm still attacking you. And Carly ended up wanting chickens. So they lived in Broad Ripple, and Keely wanted them. And I'm like, I am not. You know, I know what that'll end up being. Greg takes Greg's care chickens. of chickens. Yeah. Let's go to the last page of this book. <laughs> Chapter 9, Greg's Chickens. (laughs) (laughs) Greg is a farmer. Oh, okay. How about, wouldn't a goat be? No, it would not. (laughs) Wouldn't you like to take care of a goat eventually? What, are we going to have the neighbors come feed the goat when we go up to the lake? Ringing a bell on its neck, eating cans. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) That's a no for me. No, we're going to get the neighbors to come feed the chickens? No. Carly ended up with elephants? So they were partners, and we would buy the food, and Carly would take care of the chickens. This is such a suburban way of looking at the, Which ones lay the prettiest eggs? <laughs> Let's buy the chickens that lay the prettiest eggs. Let's research that. So she had a chicken coop, and she had chickens in her house. Not in her house. At her house, in the backyard. They are going to go to Sonoma on a wine vacation. Chapter 9, Greg gets chickens. <laughs> So we have to take care of the chickens, which is exactly what I was talking about. Keely lets them out of the chicken coop in the morning when she's going to the ER. And then in the evening, I'm there 
to put them back in the chicken coop. Very first day, I go there, and I've been around chickens a time or two in my childhood, and I know they typically don't lay down. They don't sleep. <laughs> not like that. I know they roost, and roosting is not done on the ground. I'm looking, and I'm like, what the heck? So the chicken coop is like in the middle of the backyard. The backyard's got this big privacy fence around it. They've got a garden, too. So it takes me a minute to understand what I'm seeing as I'm walking up to it. And what I'm seeing is a murder scene. Oh, boy. A hawk. Uh had decided it too was a proletarian <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't need any seasoning either raw yeah apparently they don't get food poisoning by eating raw chickens it had offed it like a mafia hit double homicide double homicide i get the chalk out i draw an outline around <laughs> Call the it. chicken police <laughs> called the dnr they go hey we know you yes you do <laughs> you killed those chickens <laughs> i'm gonna have to write you a ticket <laughs> do you have a hunting license no i don't so i've got to call carly in sonoma and say hey there was a murder and two of your chickens died so crying crying on the phone how many chickens did she have i don't remember now I- two less <laughs> They had a chest freezer. Need a proper burial. They all have names. Probably going to be closed casket. It would need to be. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was in like November. So fast forward to spring <laughs> after the thaw. And she's calling me and she's like, Dad, we need to bury the chickens. They hadn't been together long enough in that house or together long enough to have a pet cemetery like we've got. <laughs> this is the first attempt at pet cemetery. I start digging the hole, and then she's just too overcome with grief. I have to do it all because she's just crying too much. My grandmother would see that production is down on the eggs, has a little chat with the chickens about production being down, and if production stays down... You're fired. They're fired, yeah. And you know what? You end up eating them in chicken and noodles or whatever. And she didn't think two things about it. You know, that was just the way she was raised. So You're either going to be making eggs or your lunch. <laughs> That's right. One or the other. That is it. Pick one. She didn't name her chickens, did she? Only the roosters. Ah. Yeah, the minute you start naming it. Well, I know. That's what I mean. It, 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 the minute they pets. become pets, yeah, it's, it's no, just yeah. nah, It's not good. They're not workers anymore. No. Three good years of eggs, and then what? So I don't even want to I guess we'll have to dig more holes. <laughs> you need to look up some really good chicken and noodle recipe. No. <laughs> there are farms set up. For suburban farmers to go give their chickens away to these people. It's like a wrinkle ranch for chickens. <laughs> Did they take the chickens to the retirement home? Yes. Where they probably made noodles out of them. Immediately. Yeah, right. <laughs> Are they gone yet? Good. Boom. <laughs> Lunch. <laughs> Fried chicken. We're going to fry these bad boys up. Them's good eats. <laughs> and your dad's full of all kinds of... Uh, rants. Rants of sort. <laughs> You were mentioning one recently of uh, involving the the band Kiss, yes. which makes me think, gosh, your dad's, I guess, hip enough to know of Kiss. Only because of a minister. My dad, when he moved from Acorn, Kentucky up to Indy, he was two. The urban legend is that a bunch of people from Kentucky 
came north for automotive jobs. That makes sense. Yeah, to work in the factories. Sure. So they settled in this part of town called Hawville, which is rough. It's still not palatial. <laughs> no, it's not. I think they're working on the gentrification of that area, but I, I don't think they're there yet. It may not stick. <laughs> I don't know. But it was early enough in the um, evolution of society in Indianapolis that it did not have sewers or anything when they moved there. So they had an outhouse. Oh, wow. And my dad said that the outhouse faced a direction that allowed the door of it to get caught by the wind. Oh, nice. <laughs> so you're sitting there doing your business and all of a sudden, whoosh, door goes whipping open and there you are. Hello. In all your glory. When they ran the sewers, their first in-home toilet was in the basement. And so we're going through potty training with Carly at the time. And my grandmother is telling this story to her while she's sitting on the toilet, um, learning that that's where you're supposed to sit and go and not in your pants. That's good information. <laughs> Which part? <laughs> where you should go. We're making good headway on the potty training. And my grandmother is talking about their first toilet being in the basement. And she turns on the basement light and goes down and hears this water running sound, mm. which can only be coming from the toilet because that's really the only water going right. on down there. And she lifts the lid to find a rat swimming around in the <laughs> toilet, <laughs> which really... Doing the backstroke? Yeah, which put a hold on the potty training for two years. She was going traumatized. to kindergarten. Traumatized. So, <laughs> weird, I mean, like, called it the potty monster. No, not going to happen. So Junior PTSD. Completely. Where did you think in the book of parenting that it would be a good idea to talk about a rat swimming around in the toilet to a kid who's just learning about the toilet? Where was that a good idea? They took that page out. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you know, we didn't have papers to roll cigarettes back then, so I tore that page out and <laughs> rolled a smoke. This is going down the rabbit hole of weird acorn Kentucky stories, but I had a great, great aunt that chewed tobacco, and when she was done chewing it, she put that wad on the kitchen windowsill to dry and then smoked it in a pipe. <laughs> It's using your resources is what that's called. Recycling? Yeah. <laughs> now I forget where I was headed with that story. The toilet monster. Yeah, the toilet monster story. Indoor plumbing, outhouse, Hawville. My dad. We're going to talk about kiss. We're talking about the, the rat in the toilet. That was a great story. <laughs> and what, what was the relationship with kiss in this story? None. None. <laughs> no relationship at all. You know, he's an artist. He likes art in all forms for the most part and music is one of those so that was the era where indiana avenue was a jazz scene major major jazz scene in the united states and so west montgomery was from indiana mm -hmm. major influence in the jazz community madam walker theater all the greats right performed there right back in the day and so he would go to clubs and see all these famous uh, right. influencers of jazz and rock back in the early days mm -hmm. and loved it he does have an appreciation for music as an art form he doesn't see kiss as music or an art form <laughs> neither <laughs> push them aside on another shelf 
And he knows enough about technology that he decided at some point that he needed to be on Facebook. The Facebook. Yeah, the book face. Yeah. <laughs> so he and I were talking last week. He said, yeah, I saw on Facebook that your sister's at a KISS concert. I don't know what kind of, what would drive a person to even drive to go see that? I don't, I don't consider that music. I don't understand what they're doing, the whole makeup and everything. I was talking to a minister <laughs> who happened to bring up KISS in our conversation. <laughs> How does that happen? You mean he wanted to kiss you? <laughs> You're just, you know, talking about life and all of a sudden, oh, and kiss. Where, where does that come in? I love those guys. <laughs> right. Hey, speaking of Jesus and love, yeah, have you ever seen Kiss? <laughs> Quite nice fellas. Yeah, right. Nice segue. I don't know how you get into that. He told me that Kiss stands for Kids in Satan's Service. I go, what? Uh, according to him, maybe. <laughs> Unlikely. You actually think that's a thing? Like, really, they're not coming to play music at an arena filled with people that are there to, to hear them play. They're subliminally getting you to dig Satan. Well, of course they are. Are they? No. <laughs> In his mind, I'm going to become a Satanist. <laughs> and go get me a beer. <laughs> These guys play lovely music. Right. I think I'm growing a tail. Right. <laughs> <laughs> She saw a Kiss tribute band. It wasn't really Kiss. Rather than totally focused on the ridiculousness of the Kids in Satan service, I knew that they were on another farewell tour. The same one. Is it? Yeah. It's just like yeah. decades long. So Gene Simmons is still in it. And Paul Stanley, two original members. Okay. They were touring through Indy at some point, I thought in the fall, I wasn't sure. Thanksgiving. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So why would they be in Ohio now and... Indy in the fall. That routing didn't make sense. Unlikely. No. So it turns out it was a tribute band. I happened to actually hand the baton off to my sister on Tuesday night. I saw her as I was shutting the truck door to make that drive to Indy to call my dad and listen to rants because, <laughs> you know, I could listen to music, but more entertaining. I could listen to a podcast right. or I could listen to my dad rant about built-in obsolescence and, and Kiss. satanic rock music. <laughs> and my sister pulled in at the same time. So I went over and said, you went to a Kiss concert. <laughs> How do you know that? The Facebook. The book face told me. <laughs> so that's when she said it was a tribute band and she said they played mostly music I didn't even know. That's a poor tribute <laughs> not a well-performed tribute if you play songs that they don't know yeah I, I guess i mean i don't know how much radio play they even got after the like destroyer and the first couple of albums and they have it's just a huge fan base they just focus on the hits of their heyday i mean they probably have 20 albums that they've made and their peak was the 70s mm -hmm. and so they just focus on what we grew up with it's an easy cash grab for them play with their fan base that's now our age yeah grew up listening to right piece of cake yes i mean they might touch on a track from a few of the albums down the way just so people can go to the bathroom well that's exactly <laughs> right i always i always uh, look at set list fm before i go to a concert which is lists the tour that i'm seeing and yeah i always identify the acoustic set as my time to run to the restroom <laughs> even for genesis uh, acoustic set bathroom <laughs> yeah kansas acoustic set excuse me i'm going to the bathroom yeah because dust in the wind is coming and i don't oh. to, i don't need to hear that again 
or follow you, follow me. <laughs> Don't need to hear that again. Setlist FM. Yeah, yeah. It's a huge database of every band, every concert, every venue. It's cross-pollinated by city, tour. So you just go to the website, punch in the search engine, the, either the band, the city, the venue, the year. I'll have to let Carly know. Unbelievable. She gets it off Twitter. The Twitter? I always cheat see what they're going to play i mean don't they switch it up dave does some do yeah many don't okay because of the technology okay the lights all the production you just can't just call an audible in the middle of a show when everything is you know the lighting all the cues are all driven by the one master clock dead and company fans are just hating you right now there are bands that have the ability to call audibles i was blessed years ago to sit with a friend of mine who mixes front of house for bruce springsteen okay so for me i was in the mothership standing at the front of house console during a bruce springsteen concert and my friend who mixed sound also drove the teleprompter because his console was tied to a master clock that would bring up the cues for the songs based on the set list. Everything was all in order. So it's not sketched out on a notebook? It's a teleprompter? His lyrics, his confidence monitor. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow, okay, you just... Most bands have a teleprompter for the lyrics. Really? Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Are you going to tell me that there's no Santa? We'll save that for another episode. Okay. We already talked about the Tooth Fairy. <laughs> We did talk about it. We know that's real. <laughs> My friend John has the set list. He's able to push a button on his console to bring up all the cues for that next song on the console, automated console, and then he reaches over and touches the teleprompter, just advances the teleprompter. He can hear Springsteen's pre-song banter knowing that he's doing an audible. So okay. he's got to change his console, and he's got to reach up, and he's got to change the teleprompter based on hearing what Springsteen's saying, knowing he's setting up an audible. Wow. Okay. And he's just got a database of... Yeah, he's got all the songs. I'm not sure how often he changes it up. But for the most part, the set lists are pretty locked down. So is that when they talk to the crowd a little bit more to give him time to... like? Not necessarily. Stand? Just you tour for your entire life and you work with an artist your entire life. You just know what he's saying i know but you got to look it up as my whole point. but he knows he's saying xyz and when he hears xyz he knows that that's a different song than what's coming up next uh-huh so springsteen's banter is probably scripted setting up the song mm -hmm. so you just know what's coming you asked about setlist fm do they change it up most bands don't if i'm going to a show on friday and there was a show on wednesday and monday usually by the time the day before my show somebody has loaded in the set list yeah right and there's occasionally some deviation occasionally she was doing that leading up to the dave matthews concerts that i went to one she went to both jeff coffin one of the horn players mm -hmm. would tweet it out and since everything's automated i mean if an artist is going to change up the set list the sound guy or the lighting guy can get from a to d instead of a to b pretty quickly but they just mouse click so it's not like they're thrown under the bus they just have to be paying attention <laughs> right they can't be watching the bouncing ball. Or checking their email. <laughs> <laughs> Tweeting out the set list. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, this is Andy. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, please be sure to subscribe and share. Remember, laughter is contagious. Help us spread it by telling a friend.